Hi, this is Rob Beardsley with Lone Star Capital. I'm down at the beach here in Miami, and I wanted to bring you a quick video about promote crystallization. So I think about a week or so ago, I had a pretty popular video talking about uh, preferred returns and how they can and cannot align interests. And that sparked a good conversation about the promote, especially when subordinate to a return of capital, really incentivizes the sponsor to sell as quickly as possible, understandably, so they can monetize their promote. And the IRR function of that hurdle incentivize the sponsor to sell sooner rather than later due to the time value of money, the way that the IRR calculation compounds. Then the question came about, okay, what do you do in a scenario where both the sponsor and the investors want to stay in longer term and overcome that hurdle associated with wanting to monetize the promote sooner rather than later? And that's really the promote crystallization. It is most commonly used for development projects, build to core, where you develop something and then rather than selling it, you actually hold it as a now a fully stabilized core asset. And the reason being is development is one of the purest forms of value creation. And then the developer wants to monetize that created value. So similar, this could be done as well for value add, opportunistic, anything where there's value creation to justify a crystallization of the promote. So what is a promote crystallization? Well, it's a provision in a joint venture agreement whereby the sponsor can capitalize on the value created that would correspond to their promote if the partnership were to sell. But instead of selling, the partnership elects to go through a hypothetical sale, run through sale costs, and then run those proceeds through a waterfall that they agreed upon originally. And then those proceeds that would be distributed to the LP and GP through this hypothetical sale flowing through the waterfall instead of actually cashing out because there's no cash event here, you would just redistribute the share of ownership between LP and GP. Now that may not make a ton of sense, but the way that word work is, let's say the GP and LP did a 90-10 split. 10% of the GP and 90% is contributed by the LP. And then let's say through the implementation of the business plan, value of the property goes up and now the sponsor wants to crystallize their promote. Going through the crystallization process, you could end up with I'll just pick a number, $500,000 of cash that would come to the sponsor if they were to sell. But instead, they can, instead of having a capital event, a refire sale, you could simply shift the ownership, let's say from 90-10 to 80-20 to correspond to that uh, $500,000 of promote interest that would go to the sponsor. And that's a great way for the sponsor to be motivated to stay in the deal and the investors, because when you actually crystallize the promote, you remove any further preferred return and promote, and the ownership remaining in the deal is pari passu. So that means every dollar coming out as cash flow or in a capital event or return of capital would just be distributed based on ownership. So if the GP now owns 20%, 10% of being originally contributed capital, and then another 10% through the crystallization of the promote, that means every dollar of cash flow, they get 20 cents. So it's a very logical and fair way to operate going forward. However, it is a very complicated structure, difficult to explain. Not everybody understands it. And I think it leads to more uncertainty, right? Uncertainty as to what value the crystallization is going to occur. And if it's maybe a value greater than what the market would actually pay. So there needs to be a reasonable way for that value to be determined. You can't just have the sponsor go to his or her favorite broker and say, hey, give me a, a BOV, which is a broker opinion of value. And then we're gonna use that broker's opinion of value to justify a value to crystallize that. Because obviously it could be a much greater value 
than what the market would truly bear in a fair market sale. I think another interesting point is the way that you could crystallize a deal upon refi. So it's very rare for a refi to be so successful that it returns all investor capital, satisfies both the return of capital to investors and their preferred return. In many cases, a, a refi can be a great home run for investors, but really leave the GP with nothing at that moment, of course. But what you could do is you could crystallize upon a refi. And I think that's a really fair way to go because when you do a refi, you have actually a capital event and an appraisal that determines value. So a lender has agreed upon the value and if you and your investors agree upon the refinance valuation as a value to crystallize that, then that's great. And if let's say the refi is only a 50% return of capital event, that's fine. You can, depending on how the LP wants to structure the deal, they could just determine to give all that money to the GP as a way to pay their promote. And then actually the, the benefits of the LP then would be that the promote is crystallized, no more pref would no more promote would be ever charged. And so a uh, pretty good way to go. Or you could do kind of 50-50 and get more complicated and take half of the refi proceeds and use it to return capital then the other half to crystallize promote and make it more complicated from there. But basically that's promote crystallization, more of a fun theory exercise, I think, than really applicable, at least in our value add space. With multifamily value add, there's still that mismatch in wanting to hold a property versus sell when you've created a lot of value and, and done well for the partnership through the actually buy it, fix it, sell it strategy. But there really isn't as much of a driver there as there would be for a development deal, for example. So hope that was interesting. Today we talked about promote crystallizations. Thanks for watching.